0: Welcome to Season 5 of Ye Old Dragons Library, the storytelling podcast. Each episode this season will be a chapter from the second book in the Enchanted Castle archives, The Beastly Beauty. In Season 1, our heroine, Ash, was warned multiple times to stay away from the Enchanted Castle, and if she ever saw it coming toward her, to run. Now, she finds the enchanted castle, or, perhaps more accurately, it finds her. Will prophecy come true? Can she escape when she finds out the truth of Cecil's warning that every castle wants a princess? Listen and find out. Chapter 2 Forgive me, Lady of Philbiana, the ring began. "'Oh, please,' she chuckled. "'I fully sympathize with Ash "'when your insistence on formality becomes so irritating.' "'Lady Philby,' he corrected. "'If Lathia's minions reach the Justiciar "'before they attack Castle Fairhold, "'they could confiscate quite a large number of magical items, "'including more than a dozen spirit rings. "'They could then use the Justiciar's spells "'that bind all the items together.' and combine their strength and talents into a potent, potentially disastrous weapon. I need to get to Castle Fairhold as quickly as possible, Ash said. Once they're warned, they can call on others with magic to deal with and hopefully defend the Justiciar. At least I think so. You'll be racing into a trap, Philby clasped the girl's hands between her own to emphasize her words. You need preparation. I have the means to slow the flow of time— to compress weeks of learning into a few days, but it will not be pleasant. Those who step into time pools become susceptible into falling into more such pools, until they become completely untethered from time's normal flow. Are you willing to face that risk? Fairhold is my home, my friends, the only family I've ever had. Ash took a few deep breaths to still the shaking deep inside. May the Maker reward you for your loyalty. The woman leaned forward and kissed the girl's forehead. The brief touch tingled sharply, just like the stars on her breastbone and buttocks did when she encountered strong magic. Ash flinched when those stars burned a moment later. Huh. Philby sat back, eyes narrowing. That isn't... It isn't good, the ring finished for her. Why? What? Ash pressed her hand against the spot. "'We have been working on tracking all those spells wrapped around you "'since before you woke up, to unweave and untangle them,' Philby said. "'Multiple layers have been woven around you for so long. "'They have sunk into your flesh and your spirit. "'Many of them are good, beneficial, rooted in love, "'protections granted by your parents. "'But that reaction... "'Do you have any odd birthmarks?' Philby's frown deepened when Ash told her about the two stars, the one on her buttocks appearing just after she began living inside the castle, and the other starting to grow on her breastbone the previous winter. "'They're not birthmarks, are they?' Ash asked. "'Preventing birth, I fear. I am familiar with that spell. It warns of your inborn magic trying to manifest. A beacon and a lock to keep your inborn magic bound.' Yes, the stars react to strong magic that brushes up against you, and the magic that should have begun manifesting in you for several years now. Someone wanted to ensure that didn't happen. Why? Ash closed her eyes and pressed her hands over her face and shook her head a few times. No, I can guess why. Enemies who don't want me to have magic. Not unless they can use that magic and potential for their own profit. Philby thumped her fist on the edge of the table making their empty plates and cups bounce. Curse them! Curse this wretched deadline ahead of us! The stars alone could take months to untangle, to free you properly, without setting off alarms to warn your enemies that you are escaping. We are safe here, slightly outside of time, she added, gesturing around the massive room of luxury with its invisible doors to pocket dimensions. They could conceivably follow the beacon to Willemsport— But it would take a great deal of magic to break the seals guarding us here. My fairy kin relatives ensured that. But you can't just sit here for however long it takes to free you. Castle Fairhold doesn't have months, Ash murmured. We shall find a way. I promise you that. Protection and freedom. This can be of little comfort to you, Ash. Philby sighed and tried to smile. So much magic woven around you indicates that you showed incredible potential, perhaps from birth. Thus, numerous forces arose against you, and for you. Magic woven around you to protect you. Magic woven around you to bind you, blind you, and prevent your potential from blossoming. And to warn your enemies that all their bindings are loosening, preparing to burst and set you free. That sounds rather uncomfortable, the ring offered. Ash wished he had a body, so she could hug him in gratitude for his dry sense of humor and his friendship. They needed to choose a swift route to Castle Fairhold that would keep her safe from Lathia's magicians, who had latched onto Justiciar Camwell's tracking spells. Just as vital, she needed to go through that final cavern required by the quest. That should break the tracking spells, and free her from the Purple Sky's tracking spells, which were tangled with Camwell's. "'But what do we do if completing the quest triggers magic "'to take the ring away from me altogether?' Ash had to ask. "'That is the first magic I will weave,' Philby said. "'While I would feel more secure binding the ring to your hand, "'that gives enemy magic too many footholds to latch onto you. "'The ring will be able to detect if the tracking spells are broken or not. "'If not, and if you are able to remove the ring once the quest is complete,' "'Pin him to your coat with your courier badge. "'That will give you enough contact to still speak to each other. "'But without the skin contact, the tracking spell should break. "'That is the best I can do for now. "'Trust me. Trust Athiosius, "'who most certainly has been guiding your steps all this way.' "'It's all right, my lady,' the ring assured her. "'Once we have defeated our enemies, all their spells will unravel.' "'Lady Philby is a powerful and skilled and clever spellweaver. "'She won't bungle and have to redo spells multiple times "'and leave tangled and broken threads of magic "'like those half-price magicians and low-rank wizards Camwell hired in the first place.' "'Ash thanked him for his encouragement "'and tried to find some humor in his scorn for the magic users, "'who had certainly bungled what should have been simple tasks.' Did those failures work for her and against Lathia's schemes, or the other way around? Hiding from physical eyes was as important as hiding from magical senses. Ash would journey to Castle Fairhold as a courier. She would deliver messages in the relay system that covered nearly four-fifths of the known world. She would take shelter in station houses and wayhouses along the way. That required her to take the courier's oath, to wear the identification of Philby's couriers and trigger their defensive magic. After an intense morning of riding lessons and courier signals and signs, Ash was more than grateful to sit and study. She hurt in far more places than her bottom. The ring's constant corrections to her posture and how she gripped with her knees gave her a headache. That didn't ease when she washed up and reported to Philby, who would send her into another magic pocket-room for her studies. The bracelet she needed to wear for entrance and exit tingled with magic, first a strong sting the moment it touched her wrist, then softening to a periodic surge like the pulsing of a clock pendulum. Her stars both reacted with a quick, sharp stabbing sensation. That is your anchor to the flow of time here, in this place. Philby gestured around the sprawling central room of her home. "'Pay attention to the rhythm, so you don't get distracted and drawn to other rooms that might brush up against the one you're going into.' "'No,' she hurried to say, when Ash opened her mouth to ask. "'I do not have control over all the time pools that touch this place. We are stepping into the domain of the Ancient Ones, who have far more experience, so we must be extremely careful to use good manners.' Now concentrate. Philby then gave Ash a small disc that attached to the bracelet with a tugging sensation and click. Part of the attractive force is magnetism. The other part is magic. The disc is your key to the time pool that holds your study room. Our host has filled it with all the books you'll need, all the maps, and a journal, pen, and ink pot to make all the notes you want. Journal and ink are both spelled to give you as much as you need, "'meaning you can't use up the ink or run out of pages.' "'She laughed when Ash grinned at the thought. "'I thought you might like that. "'Now, you are not permitted to bring either food or drink "'into the library wing we are borrowing, "'and I suggest you make use of the necessary before you go in. "'Once you come out, you can't return for three hours. "'You can only visit the Time Pool Library three times. "'Entering will momentarily break the tracking spells.' The more times you do that, even if seemingly only for a few heartbeats, the greater the chances the Justiciar will notice and react with more spells. Stay as long as you can, until thirst, hunger, and weariness make studying difficult. Should I look for a way to keep the ring with me? Ash asked, when she returned to the main room after using the necessary. Philby stood in front of an upright disk of swirling green mist, frowning into it. No, leave that to me. You need to study the kingdoms you will be traveling through, the laws, the attitudes of the people, and the most recent courier-run reports. And one more complication. She tapped Ash's breastbone over the star. You will ride too close to Tippacy for my taste. I agree. A trap waits for you, and any other children of magic users who escape the flood. Once you have warned Fairhold, hurry back here. We need to try to remove those stars.' The longer your inborn magic is caged, the more painful it will be for you when it bursts forth. Philby raised her hand, and the swirling green disc became a doorway into a room full of lantern light and walls filled with books. I will be petitioning the Council of Enchanters and the Enchanters' Court for an advocate and mediator, to judge whether Camwell has violated numerous laws of magic use. The problem with the Council and the Court is that they exist in constantly shifting time... Well, certainly not pools. More like oceans. So while their response to my petition is sure to be swift and courteous, what are mere hours to them will be months or even years to our perception. If you encounter any magical libraries or caches of magical books along the way, consult them to begin your own research. Exposure to this library will make you more sensitive to magical libraries. That should help. Ash felt laughter bubbling deep inside. Just how much sensitivity would she need to find a magical library on her own? The more magic was concentrated in the books, the more alert and aware the books were. That meant stronger and more active spells protecting the libraries from discovery and abuse and misuse. Philby stunned Ash by bending down and hugging her, then grasped her shoulders and turned her to face the green mist disc. Take a deep breath. "'Focus on the key in your bracelet and ask for permission to enter.' "'Ash did so and took a step forward. "'Her knees folded and the room spun around her. "'She lunged forward to brace herself on the table directly in front of her. "'The dizzy sensation faded as quickly as it had come, "'but her two stars stung and burned, "'so she fought to stand upright instead of curling up and going to her knees. "'Oh, dear,' the ring said. "'We were afraid that might happen.' Your magic is struggling so hard to come out. It gave you a bad reaction from passing from one time stream to another. You could have warned me. Ash turned to ask Philby why she hadn't warned her. No doorway. No Philby. She took a few more breaths, forcing away that sting and burn by strength of will. Yes, we could have, the ring said after a few moments. However... A warning might have made you hesitate and broken your focus on Philby's instructions. Even here, outside the normal stream of time, every second is precious. Ash reached for the chair and slid into it. The ring was right. Am I going to go through that every time I step in and out of here? I should hope not. Most of your pain is from the tracking spells. Ash fought down another long sigh. What do we do first? Where do we look? She turned to survey the bookshelves filling all the walls of the room, with no door. She tipped her head back, looking for the lanterns or lamps, but found no source of the soft, warm, gold-tinted light. A shiver washed over her, but it was a good kind of shiver, full of anticipation. She paused to thank Athiosius for the blessings and gifts and all the help she had encountered so far in her journey. Perhaps as a reward, for trying to live properly and according to holy writ, And yet, wasn't Athiosius the source of all magic and wonder and blessing and rules in the world? So yes, she should thank the Maker regularly, and far more than she had been doing. Shelves were clearly marked. Each kingdom she would pass through on her way back to Alfordia had at least three shelves full of books and scrolls dealing with history, politics, the powerful families, current events in the kingdoms, and magical trends and traditions. How could she read everything on just one kingdom, let alone all of them? The ring chuckled when she spoke that question aloud, after more than twenty minutes just studying the shelves, reading the labels, and figuring out how to move the clever ladder that ran on tracks at top and bottom to allow her to climb up to any shelf. Never you fear, my lady. I am gorging myself on all the information in those books. Thank God, I am unable to suffer from indigestion." "'Certainly, I shall be a glutton here.' "'Oh, believe me, I do thank Athiosius. "'Well, since you're absorbing all that kingdom-related information, "'what should I focus on? "'What is it important for me to know, "'instead of relying on you to remember it all for me?' The library proved what others had told her about the tendency for magical books to become aware. As soon as she and the ring agreed on her course of study— The next section of shelves changed over from kingdom information to a collection of courier reports and maps and information on the station houses and the signals and codes she would need to know and use. Ash took those books to the table in the middle of the room and proceeded to copy everything over into the journal. She would study that information during rest stops and when she camped or stopped at a station house. This information needed to stay at the top of her mind rather than depending on the ring to advise her. The slightest delay in responding as a courier ought could lead to trouble from suspicious and untrustworthy people. Ash read and took notes until her hand cramped and her eyes ached. She put her head down on her crossed arms on the table and closed her eyes to rest them a few times, refusing to give up and leave the library so soon. She had no idea how long she spent in there, other than to calculate by the number of pages she had filled with notes. Her stomach ached, pinching her, then grew silent. Her eyes and mouth grew dry. There were no lamps to help calculate the time by how far the level of oil went down. You need to take a rest, the ring said. Several times. Ash ignored him until the words sent a throbbing ache through her head. Her eyes were dusty, dry, and sticky-gritty. Resting her head on the table and closing her eyes no longer brought her any temporary relief. "'There's so much we need to learn before we can leave, and time is running out,' she countered. "'Practically no time has passed in the real time-stream,' the ring said. "'It's not the amount of time we saved. It's the limit on how many times we can come back here, remember?' A snort of laughter escaped her, struck by the irony of having to remind the ring for a change." I do indeed, the ring sighed. I must confess, there was a great deal of relief for me, stepping out of time into this place. I didn't realize the weight of the knotted and tangled spells until I was temporarily free of them. I shall have much to say in testimony against the Justiciar, if we are ever called to testify. You don't think we will? Ash got up and twisted the bracelet around on her wrist until the disc was on top. She took a few deep breaths and braced herself for a repeat of that dizzy, wrung out sensation. Much depends on who else has thought to register complaints against his misuse and rewriting of magical contracts in the past. There is a sad tendency in far too many kingdoms for victims to be taught to be ashamed that they were victimized. So, the powerful and unethical grow more powerful and more callous when it comes to justice. They essentially believe they can do whatever they wish, because they have not been punished or even reprimanded. They are the most nastily self-righteous folk I have ever had the displeasure to encounter, because they feel themselves much abused when someone does call them to task for their cruelty and their selfishness. Like Lord Winston, when he kept trying to justify what Lathia did. Ash pressed her fingertips against the disc and asked silently for the doorway to open. I think I would be grateful to have magic that would bring people like them to justice and protect their victims. Be careful what wishes you make, my lady, especially wishes to make the world a better, kinder place. Athiosius and the guiding spirits hear and take you at your word. But even worse, the dark spirits hear you as well and mark you as a potential opponent to be destroyed before you gain any strength. Now you tell me. She smiled, though and stepped through the opening as soon as it was large enough to take her. Ash stumbled under the weight of exhaustion, thirst, and hunger. Painful hunger. Philby wrapped an arm tight around her and guided her to the feasting table. Fang was still curled up in a cushioned basket, right where he had been when Ash went into the library. In fact, she suspected he hadn't moved since she left. Is Fang all right? she asked, keeping her voice down. A pang of guilt fought with the ache in her empty stomach. Had she been so involved in her own concerns that she had ignored Fang? Just because they were shielded inside Philby's home didn't mean he was safe from the complications of being only partially turned into a vampire. He's fine. You're the one we need to worry about. Philby waited until Ash had settled on the same thick floor pillow she had used at breakfast, then took a step back and studied her through narrowed eyes. Water, first. Then we'll feed you. Bread and milk and honey. To coddle your stomach until it stops punishing you for going so long without food. Pitchers and serving bowls and platters appeared across the table, woven out of the shadows if Ash could believe her itchy, blurry, dry eyes. The first whiffs of aroma from the hot food made her feel nauseous. She almost refused the large mug Philby held out to her. When she drank, there was more than water there. Something tangy, a hint of herbs. Slowly, Philby said, and pulled the mug from her hands before she could take a third gulp. Ah, see, she said, smiling. Mischief and sympathy combined, when the cold water hit Ashe's aching stomach like a quarterstaff that threatened to fold her in half. We were in there the equivalent of two days, the ring offered. You did an amazing amount of research. And, I must confess, I feel somewhat, uh... "'Bloated, I suppose, is the correct term. I've never been able to indulge so thoroughly before, perhaps because there was never so much information available for me to absorb at one time.' Two days?' Ash barely noticed when Philby put the mug back into her hands and guided it to her mouth. She sipped this time instead of gulping as she wrapped her aching head around the concept. The ring was right. Her head was bloated with knowledge.' She had often dreamed of being able to simply go from one book to another, free to fill her mind with no interruptions. The wine Philby gave her next was almost gritty with herbs, and despite being watered, went straight to her head. The floaty feeling was welcome after the stiffness and aches in her head and hands and back. Ash nibbled at the bread and honey and milk, and let Philby and the ring discuss everything they had researched and discussed and noted. About halfway through a bowl of a savory stew of chicken and beans, Ash had revived enough to join the discussion, which had moved to the Enchanted Castle. Every time she had tried to identify the possible location of a magical book with information to help free the ring from Camwell's control, the Enchanted Castle's library came up. Often, the chroniclers speculated that missing books had been collected in the Enchanted Castle's library to protect them, Far too many libraries, over the last few decades, had fallen into disrepair and neglect, or vanished altogether, because the heirs of the kings who built those libraries had little regard for the treasure of knowledge stored in books. Or, those libraries had been sacked and pillaged by barbarians who thought books were abominations, that knowledge was corrupted when it was written down. Then there were the arrogant schemers like King Rupric, who considered themselves entitled to steal from every accessible library to build their own libraries. They hoped to start collegiums, or attract enchanters into their service. Such depredations and loss of books, whether magical or dealing with magic, or just plain volumes of facts and histories, made locating specific volumes with specific knowledge rather difficult. Rumors and folklore hinted or speculated that when books vanished, they were spirited away to the library in the Enchanted Castle for safekeeping. We hope you enjoyed today's chapter. For more information on all the books and series featured in this podcast, or to purchase the ebook or audiobook for future reading and listening pleasure, please visit yeoldragonbooks.com. You can also find more information about our books. And purchase ebooks on our Patreon page, Ye Old Dragons Library. Please consider supporting the podcast to gain access to free stories or discounts, or a chance to purchase a new book in advance of release. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ye Old Dragons Library.